Made Up Savannah podcast, a storytelling platform for the greatest city in the world. I'm your host, Dee Daniels. Made Up Savannah is brought to you by Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, a progressive, inclusive, multi-generational company serving greater Savannah since 1978. This is officially our Halloween episode, so welcome to it. Sit back, get ready. Um, I'm so excited to welcome my guest, the guest of so many names, uh, Shannon Spencer Scott, Dr. Buzzard, the ghost tour storyteller, I believe also the minister of stories, if I'm getting that correctly, Um, you know, labeled right, hallelujah, holy hell, I don't know. But here we are, (laughs) Shannon, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And the term that I coined, which um, is catching on, and I think... I'd hope that it would is the, I'm really the storyist. Ooh. So it's story IST. I like that. And I think that it's kind of the blend of storyteller and historian. Yeah. I yep. like that a lot. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good title. Thanks. Now you've been hanging around Savannah for quite some time now. SCAD from SCAD, SCAD on, right? 32 years in a sense. Um, you know, like a lot of Midwesterners got a scholarship to come to SCAD and it was a very different school then. It was just mostly Midwesterners actually. And, you know, I just, I was already enamored with the low country. That was really what romanced me in. SCAD was kind of the excuse to get here. But um, the school's just very different. And it was kind of that time when it was in a lot of upheaval. So I, I kind of fell out of love with, you know, not what it represented, but just the, my experience there was not great. I think it was, you know, I was called to do something else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that became all the pursuit of things of the low country. And getting into the aesthetic, the history, the culture, the vibe. Yeah. So it was almost the mission anyway. It's just, you know, SCAD got me here. Yeah. You, you have, have certainly been recognized all over the place regarding tours and just your depth of knowledge. And was that something you wanted to do from an early age, mm-hmm. be a, a quite the storyteller? Yes. Um, I think <laughs> I think it was because um, my curious sleuthish nature would get me into trouble with my parents mm. and, you know, sneaking into abandoned hotels or old car dealerships. And I got paddled a lot. Yeah. But um, but I, w- I would always try to spin a good story to get out of it. <laughs> and my mom was not buying it. My uh-huh. dad wasn't buying it. God love them. They were they were just really tolerant and accepting in ways, but also good parents. Right. But yeah, I mean, because they were school teachers, um, I always say that we did like the Griswold thing in the summer. They had two, three months off and, you know, they would take my brother Jay and I across the country and expose us to a lot of the national parks and um, state parks and, of course, historic sites. So that just kind of became, you know, part of the bloodstream and the palette of of imagination. And so I, I always say that I'm not very fond of the modern world, like... To me, proof of life is age or a little defect Mm. or a little wrinkle. Mm -hmm. So that's the stuff that appeals to me. I get grounded in those kinds of places or environments. So that's, they're almost like magnets to my soul. So Savannah was a a giant magnet. I was going to (laughs) say, that must have felt super like, yep, this is where I I need to be. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It's quite a cool place and it is a magnet and there's so many things that bring so many people to it. And everyone, you know, once you're visiting for, I don't care, maybe, you know, once, twice, you're, you, you want to find a tour. I mean, that's just how it is. And you want to find 
you want to immerse yourself. Most people want to to learn the backstory of the of the things, and and it, it sounds like that's what you're super passionate about. You have so many tours people can choose from. I want to, I want to ask you, well, first you've got a big one that's obviously starting tomorrow, five nights of Halloween, and this is going to be a big deal. And Bonaventure is a huge deal, but I'd super want to ask you about your adults only taboo tour. Is that, <laughs> I, I heard you did something like that. That's the kind of taboo stories at, at Bonaventure. Is that? Well, I, I think it's like this. If you take a private tour with me of any variety, you know, I pretty much open the tour with, you know, you can't offend me history, you know, is offensive on its own or whatever. So whatever you want to talk about, ask me, just do it. You know, I will tell you, right. I will give you the truth. Um, so there's always that in the mix of anything that I do, but, um, probably the most adult tour that I do, and it's a private tour. I, I, I've not figured out how to do it publicly, but it's called good and evil X mm. and it's dedicated to anything and everything midnight in the garden of an evil, but not like the, the blue haired ladies version. Uh, no offense, blue haired ladies, right. but um, <laughs> you know, it's not grandma's good and evil X tour. It's really the adult version, namely because I had closeness and proximity to a lot of the characters, you know, from Jim Williams and knowing him to, you know, Joe Odom and Barry Thomas and Mandy or Nancy Hillis and just all those people are like surrogate family members. So, you know, I saw things, heard things directly and and really just kind of developed a private tour out of it, which does or can include Bonaventure. It can be strictly the city okay. or the historic district. But, you know, Bonaventure is where a lot of those characters are buried and it's neat to go see those graves and tell some stories graveside. But um but, you know, that's really it. I mean, Bonaventure Cemetery and the After Hours program, which is a part of that Five Nights of Halloween mm -hmm. component. I mean, you're definitely getting, you know, the offbeat, macabre, uh, left of center and, and envelope pushing, you know, storytelling. So that would be considered an, an adult thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always mark in my advertising that it's eight, ages 18 and up as a caution light. Mm -hmm. It's just I don't want to push it as a family tour or like a kiddie tour, you know. It's 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 for the right, you know, guardian and the right, you know, younger person, um, but nothing to probably I mean, what they find mostly when they take it is that I'm tame by comparison to the rest of the world. Right. <laughs> but I just I like mature audiences. I yeah. like I like people who are smart and intelligent and have some depth or whatever. It's it's not it's not really for um, the general audience. Mm. So yeah. I, I have the bar higher. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Mm. Um, in, in the episode notes, you'll find the link to shannonscotttours.com. That's a place to check out all the things we're talking about, including um, the Five Nights of Halloween, which is, it, it sounds like such a huge deal and it kicks off tomorrow. T people still able to get tickets to this and be a part of this? Yes. Um, there are there are some tickets remaining for the various various events. We've sold out really the past four years in a row. And I never really expected to become like the Santa Claus to Halloween, right. but I have by right. default, um, which is fine. <laughs> but, Congratulations. Thank you. It's very, it's, it's very taxing. It keeps me busy in the, in the uh, workshop. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it just started out as like, Hey, you know, cause I, rem I, I remember the days when Halloween was really dull around Savannah. And I mean, I remember going to a nightclub one time on a Saturday night. Halloween had been the night before and I was dressed out in a costume and the doorman was like, 
hey, Halloween was last night, buddy. Oh, no. And had I not known the, known the owner of the club, I probably wouldn't have gotten in just right. because I was in a costume right. on the weekend. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. If Halloween's on a Friday night, it means it's all weekend. Hello. It doesn't just you go away. And, you know, if you look at the traditional, you know, Irish culture or whatever, there are many, you know, related days. So to me, I'm like thinking historian and traditionalism or whatever. But <laughs> it finally grew up, you know, it's like it came back and... Which is great because Savannah had always embraced Halloween until like um, the suburbia thing happened in the in the mid 20s, kind of went to the suburbs and left downtown. Now it's back. SCAD's certainly a big component of that with the art students dressing out. Um, but I just kind of was like, what can I do? You know, and so right. Bonaventure After Hours became the start. And then I added the dinner and a cemetery program where you could do the three hour lantern tour, get the dinner, get some entertainment, get some cool prizes. So it just kind of built from there, and and now we're at five nights of Halloween. Um, I don't know if I'll ever push it to seven, but you know, this year it's five. <laughs> mm, I could see it happening. I could see it being mm. you know welcome here now with with everybody mm. just looking for something fun to do and something different and something like okay, I want to I want to kind of get the the details, the inside scoop, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, go to the website. Best place to purchase tickets, I'm assuming Shannon Scott. Yeah, Shannon Scott okay. They can also go to five nights of Halloween.com, which mm. is the number five nights of Halloween. Yeah, perfect. And then, um, yeah, check all of that out. And I know you can't give all the stories away before the five nights of Halloween, but I'm very interested in kind of like a zoom out your take on on Bonaventure. Why Bonaventure? Why? What's the history for those who have never been to Bonaventure yet? Um, and, you know, are, are saying, well, I'm going to be visiting Savannah next year or, you know, I would like to go that. Why? Why Bonaventure? I mean, mm -hmm. it is just thick with all kinds of, of things. Mm -hmm. I feel a very good vibe in Bonaventure. I've been a handful of times. and I love it. Yes. And I think that's, you know, if I'm being very personal and straight with you, it's 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 a very positive energy place. It's a very replenishing place. Everything there feels to me mostly at peace. Um, so that's a beautiful thing because there are a lot of souls there that struggled and and died tragically and you know, and I'm aware of that, and I always try to bear that in mind. Um, you know, speak no ill of the dead. Mm. But, you know, aesthetically, it's a part of that great garden landscape era of the Victorian age. And I've been to a lot of beautiful cemeteries worldwide. I've been very blessed. But um, Bonaventure stands out, namely because of the landscape. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that river um, uh, context. It's the, the marshes. It's the ancient live oak, some are older than the colony of Georgia, you know, swaying moss, uh, a breeze if you can get it. Um, and at night, of course, the moon, the stars, you know, the sun sets, the sun rises. It's just all quite spectacular. And then you throw in a little grandiose art because, you know, Savannahians were not overall ostentatious with their expression. There's some of that, but it's not like Cuba, South America, mm. France, Italy, New York. Um, other places, it's like the families had money, but some were very like conservative with how they expressed it in the cemetery, but others were like, you know, they spent, they spent bank. Mm -hmm. Um, so there is some of that high monument stuff, which is great. Um, uh, but it's, it's just, it's appeal is, um, I think from, it's just beauty. It's just beauty for the, the flaws of that for the attempts at perfection at that. It's just all there kind of aging. Um, 
So, you know, that's, that's kind of it. I mean, the old saying is, you know, it's an old saying from the Victorian age. You've not been to Savannah until you've been to Bonaventure. Right. And that goes back into the Victorian age itself. So that stayed in the kind of the spirit of the, of the people and, and then passed on to the newbies and the visitors. And so for even people that don't understand, like, why would I go to a cemetery? You know, the, it's it's answered immediately when you walk through the gates. Yeah, yeah. You know, like 30 seconds in, you're like, oh, I get, I get it. it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember the first time we went and I was just like, oh, wow. And we just sort of stood in the front for like in the front area for like 10 minutes. <laughs> like, I was just like. <laughs> This is crazy and cool. And, mm -hmm. and, and it, it makes you want to be a photographer immediately. <laughs> like it makes you pull out your phone and just start taking pictures the way the light hits different in every spot at different points of the day. Mm -hmm. You're right. I mean, it's just beautiful. And of course you can get lost super yes. easy. Yes. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I, I can't imagine going in without a map or something still. Cause I'm like, uh, well, <laughs> where I are would... we? Sure. And I will, I will point any listeners to something in advance that will be a helpful thing. Um, and that's the Bonaventure illustrated map, which I was proudly a consultant in the uh, design of my buddy, Michael Carpavage of Carpavage creative. He's a, he's a novelist and a map maker. And when I had a publishing company uh, in the nineties and early two thousands, that's what I did for seven years. I made maps Wow. and namely because the maps had been so bad for Savannah. And a buddy of mine who managed the Gallery Express at the time, Taylor Martin, he just graduated in graphic design and we were buddies from the coffee house, you know, stance. <laughs> but he just said, hey, man, what do you think of Savannah's maps? And I was like, they suck. <laughs> and he goes, you want to make a better map? I'm like, yeah, let's yeah. do it. So I actually had been blessed with um, being able to take a, a year off. I just left a chef job and decided this is what I was going to do. It just didn't, it was just automatic. So we had a lot of fun. We made the Savannah and Tybee map for two years, the Savannah map of antiques dealers for five, uh, the Savannah map of art galleries for a couple of years. And these, as far as maps went, these were some of the first that ever showed like area below Forsyth Park, mm -hmm. um, you know, Tybee. I mean, it's, it was really, we were trying to be the ultimate map and, and get tourists to go into areas that weren't yet touristy areas mm -hmm. like Starland. Right. We did all that. We did all that. We were very proud of it. It was ambitious. Um, so yeah, the, the Bonaventure illustrated map, you know, I'm just a consultant in, but I mean, Michael Carbovage did a brilliant job with it. He's made a lot of maps, including for the, you know, historic district haunted maps, but this one just has another level to it. It may be the very best map he's made, but um, I highly recommend it to anybody who is thinking about coming to Bonaventure. You should just have that on tap, you know, before you visit. Yeah, no doubt. Because you will call someone eventually and be like, hi, I'm lost. And <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's kind of a, a headstone jungle, as I sometimes call so it. So true. Mm -hmm. um, and just so beautiful. And you can spend hours and hours just tooling around. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've seen a couple of your your uh, tour points about Bonaventure that I want to ask you about. Mm -hmm. And again, I know, I know you can't give me the whole scoop, but mm -hmm. what is this Harry Potter tie to Bonaventure? Is there some sort of... Yeah, it was rather unexpected. And, you know, I'm, I don't know how much has been made of it in the media. I don't think enough. And I think it's interesting that a lot of those um, Harry Potter actors have since come through Savannah on different projects. And as far as I know, they've yet to come out and make the connection. Uh, certainly, I've not met them to show them or anything. But, um, you know, the famed poet Conrad Aiken, his daughter, 
um, Joan Potter Aiken. Um, she was a writing mentor to J.K. Rowling, and she she um, Aiken was born in England. She died there in 2004. She's buried there. Um, her website's joanaiken.com. It doesn't make notice of it, which is curious, but, you know, mm. I mean, she's, she stood on her own right as a writer. She doesn't, you know, necessarily need Rowling to flatter her or whatever. Um, she wrote 92 children's books around, you know, ghost fantasy and adventure. Wow. Um, and I think she was Conrad Aiken's first child um, of his four. And I'm only familiar with her because I did read fantasy uh, in high school and a little earlier. And so when I heard in 94, I think it was, she was coming to town to Savannah to lecture at um, the Crystal Beer Parlor where her dad liked to hang out. And there's some memorabilia to her on the wall too, mm -hmm. or has been. But, um, but yeah, what the world didn't know at that time was she had started a writing club in England and Rowling came in for some, you know, some wisdom from one of the greats. And, That's awesome. And so the character name and part of Harry Potter is kind of an homage you know, to the friendship and, you know, I'll leave it at that. You know, mm. the rest can be a surprise when, yeah. you, when you come out with me and get to the plot. But no doubt. But I, I, I think it's amazing that Savannah has that connection um, that without, you know, as I say, the wizard of Conrad Aiken as a writer and, you know, his child, Joan, we just wouldn't know Harry Potter, I don't think, in the same way. Right. But. Um, yeah. What would it have been? You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just neat. And there's actually even a deeper material connection. But mm. again, if I, I'll be saying too much. That's right. Shush, <laughs> shush, shush. That's the tease. Go see the tour, people. Um, <laughs> what's is there one story in Savannah and Bonaventure in Savannah general mm. uh, that sh that shook you when you heard it the first time? Mm. Is there one that. Kind of did the spine tingly for you. <laughs> the spine, <laughs> the spine tingly. Um, I mean, I'll. I can tell you. Uh, I mean, I can tell you anything from the first ghost story that I heard, or um, which was just kind of an intrigue more than it was a spine tingler. But it came from a man who owned a house in Savannah. Um, you know, there there are certainly standout Bonaventure stories um, that will rock you kind of when you hear them. But um, I always take that as a, uh, an invitation more than, you know, run away from it. Mm. But I was in a Kroger years ago when I was just a student and I met this gentleman who I knew from around town. He did like um, newspaper distribution for creative loafing. And, you know, he and I were just shooting the rapping line at Kroger. And he lived at the corner of Taylor and Whitaker Street in a house that today has lime green shutters. Um, but anyway, he was talking about how one night he was in bed and and he was from another place. He wasn't from Savannah. This was him kind of almost like, you know, hey, this is what's, you know, secured my fascination with Savannah, my own home. And, you know, it might happen to you, kid, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but he said he heard while he was sleeping on the third floor, um, chimney dust, brick crumblies coming down the chimney shaft. Okay. You know, and he thought, okay, there's a rat, there's a, you know, chimney swift, you know, whatever it was. And it kept getting louder and louder and louder and heavier materials coming down in uh, the fireplace. And he reached over and turned on the lamp. And that's when he heard his wife scream. Mm. Um, <laughs> and he, he was looking at her 
And then he sees her staring straight ahead. Oh, no. And they're looking into the fireplace, and there is the apparition of a young boy kind of standing there in front of the fireplace. Mm. And he walked down to the end of their bed, and he's literally looking at them. And that's when they felt his physical weight pressed down on the end of the bed. Oh. And he climbs up onto the <gasps> bed. They feel the pressure. Um, he basically kind of did what a kid might do when playing. He sort of marked his distance and starts running down the bed. And at which point they went opposite directions mm -hmm. and they saw him stop at the headboard, pivot, mark his distance again. He ran down the, uh, the bed and at the edge of the bed, he leapt, you know, he launches from the edge of the bed and they watched him like float into the fireplace or the chimney and just vanished. Oh, <laughs> and I thought that was just, um, you know, stunning. Did they stay in the house after that? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. And I think I don't remember if his wife had had you know passed away. This was years earlier. I think he'd lived there since the seventies. Mm. You know, but he was telling me about an early time in their lives. Yeah. So that was you know eye opening. Yeah, no doubt, mm. no doubt. It, it, it's so interesting to hear. Um, stories from people who have lived here for a long time, you know, mm. and, and how things are, are so different, how the landscape has changed as far as like, you know, community and business and students yep. and, oh, yeah. and all the things. And, and you think about like, if you are a believer in, in we're, we all have a spirit to mm. us, mm. how, how many new spirits yeah. we're bringing into this place to yes. mix with the old, like, what do you think about all that? Well, I think I tell people more and more now that the big word that will become significant in our lives. And I think a lot of people are hearing it is interdimensional. Um, I think it will prove to be, um, the stuff of everything that is the universe and that anything, anything from aliens to ghosts will start to factor into the interdimensional concepts. I mean, I've not only seen energy in Savannah move between um, realms or dimensions. I've seen it. I've seen it with other people. Um, but it, it kind of harks of what Tamachichi, the Indian king, mm. said to Oglethorpe. And these two men never had better friends in their lives. They were absolutely meant almost to meet, you know. I mean, Tamachichi's seven foot one, Oglethorpe's six foot 11. But, you know, Tamachichi was an Itzamayan descendant. And, um, you know, he was familiar with all the, you know, pre-Columbian mounds that were around Savannah, even though they really didn't have a great memory of those ancestors for a lot of different reasons. But I mean, we have the oldest burial mounds in North America in Savannah. You know, they're pushing one case, um, I think it's 6,000 BC. Uh, that's amazing. You know, there are about 2,000 of them actually in the whole low country, you know, span. But anyway, um, that's a heavy, heavy duty heritage for Tamachichi to sort of be, you know, genetically spiritually connected to but he told oglethorpe and oglethorpe related this i think in the oglethorpe letters uh, although he didn't fully vet it which is unfortunate but maybe some other record will come out but mm -hmm. he told oglethorpe that his people never lived in what is savannah's historic district nor did they live in the area that is now bonaventure cemetery because as he put it they were sacred spaces to his people now, bear in mind, Tomachichi sold downtown Savannah to Oglethorpe. Right. So, you know, it's like he wasn't that tied to it, but he felt like it had purpose and that Oglethorpe, you know, had been sent to him in a spiritual kind of way. So there was all that in that sale, if you will. But it, it says to me that they were used for both uh, ritualistic purposes with um, solstices, 
eventually other types of um, warrior kind of indoctrination rituals and then also like burial. That was often the, the mounds started off as uh, ritual spaces and then became burial typically. Mm. So, um, you know, I think that speaks to why Savannah is the way it is in some part. I think that's why Oglethorpe, who was very much a mystic, was drawn to it and and settling this place for, in many respects, the Freemasons. Um, and then also why Bonaventure is the way it is. Right. How these very lifelike spirits come and go. And, you know, uh, there's it's just it's layers on layers of mystical intrigue meets modern day, you know, 20th century or whatever society or, you know, modern day Western society. Um, but to me, it it it's something that isn't often discussed like on a ghost tour. Yeah. You know, it's about the tragedy in the house of the 18th century, the 19th century or whatever it is. But it's like, well, could these spirits be way older than that? Right. So, I mean, especially because you're talking human sacrifice. Um, often those mounds, which is a part of the appeal to the Freemasons and these areas and where they also continue to build uh, magnetic ley lines because magnetic ley lines is often where when cultures were establishing rules and laws for their civilizations, they would then sacrifice people in those very specific places. Mm. So when, when an English archaeologist, I can say that word, <laughs> when an English archaeologist named Marmaduke, who was very flamboyant, he, uh, he looks like a, you have to at, be with that name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you look at photos of me, looks like a, a Ralph Lauren model, <laughs> uh, back in the twenties. But when he dug Hutchinson Island, he found remnants of a, cannibalistic culture that had lived there 20,000 years really? ago. Really, And so human sacrifice, you know, yeah, I don't know if you do enough of that. It might leave some bad juju. It around. might. Yeah, it might. <laughs> and I'm thinking that's the darker spirit stuff sometimes yeah. in Savannah. Yeah, no doubt. It, it, it's yeah. it's interesting how if you look at the history of Tamachichi and you look at, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how all of this sort of came about and the relationship you were talking about with, with Oglethorpe, it, what it always says to me is how intentional everything mm -hmm. was. You know, mm -hmm. there was intentional uh, burial. There was intentional placement. Mm, by design. Yeah. By design. Which is. Yeah just sacred it's, geometry yeah mm -hmm. which brings in its own kind of magnetic thing May, way i mean if you think about every sometimes you know people look at like why was the why was georgia's capital in milledgeville you know why was this why is this state building in this weird spot in the mountains it's because of the ley lines you know i mean they're just they're just repeating what the ancients were doing they're they're going to they're building these courthouses to establish law and rules for the civilization they're trying to engineer. So, you know, these are the things that we're not really we're we're, we're intentionally not taught and we're, uh, I think, intellectually kept from spiritually kept from. Uh, and that's unfortunate. But mm -hmm. I, I try to be a, a teacher or something in, in those things, even through my tours. I'm trying to, like, reawaken some consciousness, you know, and and get people to shift their paradigms to just kind of suddenly see what's in front of them mm -hmm. that they have not been uh, taught to see. So that's, that's a part of the fun for me. Oh, no doubt. Yep, and and yep. I know people are, are a, there are a good majority of people who are thirsty for that. So yes, um, yes. it's nice to find the people who will teach the things mm -hmm. and not hold back on the information and I'm all telling of that. You. I'm telling you. Yeah, that's too good. Yeah. Um, so Five Nights of Halloween going to be fantastic. One of the mm. things I'd love for you to talk a little bit sure. more about 
is the after hours at, at Bonaventure because, mm. I mean, you think about how many people who live here, who've lived here, who visit here, generally never get the chance to go um, behind the gate mm. after it's closed. Yes. What is that all about? <laughs> well, um, you know, I had done ghost tours downtown in Savannah for 15 years. And, you know, I mean, I'm a historian at heart. I just like stories. Um, I'm not, even though I had some um, TV work and, and ghost stuff. And, you know, I was the Georgia sectional director of the American Institute of Parapsychology at one point for a year. Uh, that was just to add to my own kind of data, you know, and, and learn more about what people were into. But, um, so I did not open up Bonaventure Cemetery tours in 2001 to, uh, specifically address, uh, the ghostly nature. It was more of a history buff dive mm. in. Um, but, you know, when I approached the city roughly 14 years ago about doing an after hours program, not even knowing if that was possible, but I felt like, why not? Why isn't this happening in Savannah? You know, there was a lot of backstory with that, where in 1999, there was a, a Haitian witch doctor that sacrificed some animals in Colonial Park Cemetery. It was connected to drugs and murder and like the occult division and gang division of Fulton County, Atlanta got involved with it. And that they ended up closing all the cemeteries at five o'clock because of that. I mean, that was really kind of the reaction. Mm. Uh, they used to be open 24 hours and that's the way I think it in a way should still be, but you know, I get it. So I was like, okay, sensitive subject, <laughs> you know, here I come with this after hours yeah, idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, I know it's taboo, but <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, I don't know, you know, what the conversations were in the background with the city, but legally it was feasible. Um, it just, you know, they wanted me to know that, you know, I needed to be a good steward. And so that's where it started. Um, <laughs> and there was, there was a lot of fun with that too. Uh, I don't know if I should talk about that, but, um, I love it. Just really just, <laughs> you know, like I will just put it this way, watching eyes. Yes. Uh, you know, it's, it's most people in their jobs are not accustomed to being followed. Right, um, right. and I was followed oh, I'm sure. for at least a decade yeah. to make sure that I was, you know, minding my P's and Q's. Sure. But eventually they were like, okay, he's, you know, he's proven his worth to us or whatever. And I'm, I'm glad because some of the money, a uh, nice chunk of it actually goes back into the cemetery directly. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you know, I, I really just wanted to explore more offbeat, darker topics that are related to the cemetery that are not, uh, fictitious. But again, I always hold that attitude of respect for the dead and, and I'm not there to, you know, criminalize or critique or, you know, all the rest. It's just, you know, there are stories there that I could not share on my daytime tour um, and maybe aren't, a, you know, fitting for the daytime tour, not mm -hmm. what people are after during the daytime. So that's where the heart of it was born. And, you know, strange to say I've had the only you know, after hours tour in cemetery, uh, for 14, 15 years now. Mm -hmm. They don't have time to vet all these other people like they did you. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, I, well, I will say that it's expense heavy. It's I, real, it's I'm very sure. expense heavy. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a smart business decision in a way from someone looking at it like, Oh, wow. I don't know how that guy does it, but mm. I can't afford that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fine with it cause I'm stubborn. I'm a, I'm a Taurus. Mm. So I'm That'll stubborn for the yeah. things I'm passionate about. <laughs> That'll and do I've, it. I've, I will keep doing it until I can't. And it's been beautiful, uh, because whether people know it or not, um, I, I helped the cemetery quite a bit 
by being a, a positive steward there and putting money back into the place. And, you know, in, in so many ways, it's allowing me to start a nonprofit that will be dedicated to helping cemeteries across Georgia. Mm -hmm. So for my critics, I would just say, you know, you know, give me another 10 years and, and <laughs> see how I'm doing. But right. I've, I've been really working hard to embedder uh, those environments. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I mean, I, you know, just look, digging into your bio a little bit, it's, mm. it's, I love how much you can see that, you know, if you go to Shannon Scott tours, you can check out that, all that information Thanks. and you can see your heart in that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and that's, that's a really beautiful thing because you're not just focused on Bonaventure. You're actually focused on lots of cemeteries and, mm -hmm. and, and stories from not just Savannah. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're looking at is stories from the South and well, other places that don't get enough, as much, yeah. you know, light. on. Thank that. you. Thank you. I mean, I always tell people, and again, you know, this is, this is kind of blanket, but there's a truth to it. You know, show me a cemetery without tourism and I'll show you a rundown cemetery. Yeah. So we need, it need, takes a village. Right. And it takes all kinds of villager types to rebuild those cemeteries that are lost and forgotten. And mm. there's there's probably no way that we can totally address all of them in, as a culture. But, you know, we can start with some of these big ones and work our way around. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you talk about connections. Um, you know, a few years ago, I was up in Richmond, Virginia, at one of the greats, um, Hollywood Cemetery. That's my old hometown. Right. I love that. You know, that's that's one of the greats. Oh, it's I mean, beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I found that there was a gentleman buried there that had committed suicide in Bonaventure in the 1880s. He poisoned himself. And um, I just think, you know, it's like, you know, you go to the cemetery in Virginia and you find that there's this dramatic thing that happened, you know, that person there in in bonaventure that's crazy that's the stuff you that happens all the time yeah. when you study cemetery yeah and you can just put all these you know tie these things together and it, it does mm -hmm. a lot of things you know once you start get digging into the stories mm -hmm. it's so good it's um, fun. so tell me about the five nights of halloween okay can one person go to every night of the five nights <laughs> of halloween how do we do this uh, well i mean i will say that you know you'll find that each story night is different uh particularly Saturday, uh, the 28th and then Tuesday night, October 31st. Um, but instead of the two hour lantern tour, that is the ordinary after hours, you're getting three, um, which goes by so fast. Oh, I, I mean, and it's, and I keep the energy high and you will not be bored. You'll want to stay five hours by the time we're done. Eight. Mm -hmm. But, um, so Saturday's a little special with the dinner and a cemetery event. Um, we will, of course, do the three-hour tour, which you can also just do the tour that night, too, although the tickets are a little more limited. Um, and the same kind of goes with the limited tickets with the dinner portion, the entertainment portion. But we'll do the tour, and then we go over to Erica Davis Low Country. Shout out. Mm -hmm. uh, which so, is not far at all from no, Bonaventure. Right around the corner yeah. from Erica Davis. And we have kind of an exclusive setting there uh, after they've closed to the regular patrons. Uh, my buddy DJ Blue Ice will be spinning, and nice. he did he did the music for my um, documentary film America's Most Haunted City, and he is one of my best friends and a talented composer, uh, musician, DJ. But um, and you know between Q and A with me and people, you know, dining and having some wine or whatever, um, you know, we'll also be getting, giving out some really healthy prizes. Uh, a lot of these prizes are handmade art pieces that have kind of a gothic theme and they're high quality. They're, they're done by an artist named Aaron Chandler who graduated SCAD and he lives up in, um, uh, Canton, Georgia. Um, 
and we've, I, I wish I could keep most of these things. They're just so beautiful furniture and lamps. And oh, wow. It's just really neat stuff. It's high, high order stuff. So, you know, that alone is what we'd like to say is worth the ticket price. But, um, but I think it's just a great night for someone that maybe doesn't want to go downtown and just, you know, party and want something a little more, you know, um, sophisticated or however you want to look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's Saturday. I mean, that'll run till about 1030, you know, from um, five to 1030. Um, and then Halloween night. I mean, we have Sunday. Sunday night is also really special. That's my favorite night in Bonaventure, by the way. It's like the town's a little quieter, mm. a little sleepier. Bonaventure is a little more serene and surreal than even, you know, on ordinary nights or regular uh, weekend nights. Um, Sunday is like the most unique night. So I would encourage anybody that's thinking about the Lantern Tour, you know, itself to check out Sunday. Um, but Monday night too, you know, we're maximizing Monday with some, uh, Lantern Tour action. And, um, and then Halloween night is like the big night, mm -hmm. um, in many ways it's, it's the Lantern Tour. Um, you can also opt for the concert, uh, that night at Southbound Brewery. Um, they have been gracious to us and really helpful but we have let's see dj blue ice is playing again which is awesome and then we have the savannah um, husband wife duo beneath trees and they're kind of like i always call them like a garage rock version of white stripes oh fun you know and it's like you know he plays the drum she plays the guitar they both sing and rock it out they're they make a lot of noise and it, it's great. I love it. So they're the opening act to the feature act, which is vision video. And these guys are on a meteoric rise, man. I mean, Fangoria magazine just uh, produced and published their video and re-released a single with them. They just got five, a five page spread in Fangoria magazine. Oh, wow. And they're goth rock sensations from Athens, Georgia, and very musically gifted and diverse but have that sort of like cramps, you know, kind of attitude with a little bit of the musical sound of The Cure and The mm -hmm. Smiths and Depeche Mode and mm -hmm. Susie and all that. So I'm really excited to have landed them. I mean, I've built the whole concert night really around them. And then they're heading off to a European tour later that week. Um, but anyway, that's that's going to be a fun night. It runs till about midnight and Stardust Pixies will be there. Stardust Pixies, Jamie, the uh, the head there, she said that, She's going to do something really Halloween ritualistically unique Ooh, for the event. Okay. Which I will not give it away, but I'm telling you, based on what she told me, I think it's going to be really surreal and and very uh, gothic Halloween. Okay. So that's exciting. And just for those that want to know, like some of the extras, like with the Lantern Tours all five nights, you get some signed poster art that is a one-off poster that was done by Megan Morgan, who does... Um, a good bit of the artwork uh, for the posters. Like I kind of art direct and she adds this or that, but we've got this unique poster that everyone gets. Um, everyone gets a, a copy of the Bonaventure illustrated map to take home, which is a neat thing. And so, yeah, we really just trying to give away some Halloween goodies to everybody that, you know, is participating across all five nights. Right. Right. No so doubt. that's, yeah. that's a lot of information. Yeah. But that's, you're not that's busy the, at all right no, now. That's the, Obviously <laughs> that's the scope. <laughs> um, I would imagine, uh, one of your biggest helpers, uh, who's been helping you through all of the, all of the stuff, uh, Kelsey McGee would, will we, <laughs> will we be able to see, Kelsey McGee will probably make the Hallow or sorry, the uh, dinner in a cemetery appearance. And of course she's my 12 year old 
pit bull mix that I've had as a rescue from uh, animal control in Savannah when I volunteered there 12 years ago. It's hard to believe. She is adorable. She's, thank you. She's real special. And of course, she, um, you know, in her, ooh, gosh, 10th year was diagnosed with uh, spinal cancer and it got into her leg and that ended up being becoming a blessing. But all the doctors were just like, yeah, get ready for the end. It's over. And I'm, again, I'm a discernment person. I listen to energy. Kelsey was not saying that she wanted to go. And, and it, you know, I, I was also accepting that she might die in three months or less, but her spirit was just saying something else. And I was blessed with a lot of good help and a lot of uh, good friends of Kelsey in, in the medical perspective. And, you know, we just kept saying no, you know, so we, we went to um, prepared meals and alternative uh, treatments mm -hmm. and, and supplementation and really got her back to a place where she was feeling better. And then oddly enough, she broke her leg when she was excitedly getting up one day and it turned out that the cancer had gotten into her leg before it was not, we were not able to biopsy it mm -hmm. because of where it was in the spine. Right. But now in the leg, it was broken. We could, they could get at it and see what it was. And it turned out it was one of the most treatable wow. cancers. That's amazing. So it was amazing. And then they were like, well, probably have to take the leg. And again, I was like, mm, I don't know. Kelsey doesn't want seem, she doesn't want to get rid of the leg. <laughs> so they, uh, they, the, the surgeons round tabled, um, in North Carolina, about how to approach this. And they were like, you know, it's kind of 50, 50, like if you want to pay for it, we'll wing it, you know, we'll see if it works. And so sure enough, um, they were able to, um, basically connect the bone and get everything to kind of work again. And two Junes ago, she suddenly started walking. So she wow. was paralyzed really, you know, halfway down her back, you know, going down. And it was so neat to just see her stand up and wag her tail and, and so now she does like kind of a, like a walk hop. Yeah. But, you know, she swims and the whole wow. thing. And, uh, just a real miracle dog. No and, doubt. And I don't have any kids. So, that you know, that's the extent. Yeah. Um, other than my cat and two tortoises. Uh, <laughs> but she's real special. So, yeah, she has had a little bit of a YouTube uh, video or two called Kelsey McGee's Boneyard Facts. Love it. And then... Um, she will uh, be at the dinner in a cemetery. Oh, she sounds meet. But so I, I've told sweet. people every gratuity that I've received in cash for the past two years has gone to her care. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's been a big help. Oh, I, I'm a huge believer in, in letting your animals say what they want to say. A little bit. You know, yeah. and, and, and be around yeah, how that, long they want to be that's around. That's it. That's it. So you I'm know? blessed. We're, we're, we're blessed family. Yeah. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love that. You, well, you, I'm sure you. a lot of people want to come and see you and spend more time with you and uh, ask you all the questions, mm, um, so. you know, like the, mm -hmm. uh, the serial killer with the Houdini twist, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. this is Savannah's role in the Da Vinci code. I mean, come on so many things, um, that mm -hmm. I know you'll be talking about on your tours. So the five nights of Halloween, it kicks off tomorrow and make sure if you can make it to the uh the big night halloween night which i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be at so yep. yay um <laughs> we're gonna check it out anyway check awesome. him out shannon the scott tours.com is is the place to go thank you so much for spending your pre-halloween oh. pre with us on the made of savannah podcast thank you it's it was exciting to be invited so um i'm honored thank you yeah us too thanks happy halloween
This season, we're proud to welcome our partner, Daniel Reed Hospitality, with iconic restored landmark locations in historic downtown Savannah, Georgia. The richness of Savannah's restaurant and cocktail scene is a constant conversation among locals and visitors. Daniel Reed is home to some of the most visited and popular concepts in the Hostess City. The public kitchen and bar, artillery, Franklin's, local 1110, Perch, Soho South, and magnificent catering and events. Home to the best chefs in the South, award-winning team members from creative to operations, with food and drinks that not only complement every emotion, but also make you fall in love with the moment. Daniel-Reed.com. So satisfy your curiosity, fill up your tank, and write home about it. The Public Kitchen and Bar, Artillery, Franklin's, Local 1110, Perch, Soho South. This is Daniel Reed Hospitality. When you stop in, make sure you mention the Made of Savannah podcast. So go ahead and share this podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, neighbor, area business owner. You get the picture. If you have an intriguing Savannah story to tell or know someone who does, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at Made of Savannah. You can subscribe on any of your favorite platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, and many more. Thanks for listening to Made of Savannah. The welcome mat is always out. Mm-hmm.